This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists, to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the great wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes have learned the layout of a car and formed a plan. Butthole started pitching ideas. Quinny couldn't remember Patty's name. Juniper pushed everyone to do things in order. And Reginald was willing to hide his identity. What will happen now that they've escaped the marketplace? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. You exit out of the, the quarantine marketplace and into the streets of a cop. So bordering the marketplace is um, sort of some some areas of, of general um, relaxation, merriment, and uh, kind of like the the shore leave quadrant of uh, of the town. Again, being a f- you can think of this a little bit like um, the sorts of um, things you would find on a military base in terms of like there are there's taverns, there are places for like food and drink, um, but all of it it's it's certainly less. Um, sort of happenstancey than than a lot of the the towns you've been to. It's not like like there's not going to be an Uncle Jim Jim's that's just like some guy mm. opened up a shop and sells rum. It's there's like three taverns, each of them has a flavor. There's like three restaurants, each of them have a flavor, uh, and so on and so forth. Um there are a lot of kind of like martial things. There's like, you know, an axe throwing um like a row of of axe throwing targets. Uh, and you can see that um, they are uh, clearly uh, caricatures of of the the uh, the Plantier family. So like you see Cormium mm. and you see some of the other. And like in broad, we've never seen these people, so we don't know what they look like. But we have a vague sense. Ways, um, you know, there's tests of strength. There's like a a, a tug of rope pit. 
Um, basically, think like American uh, gladiator style entertainments around, all of which have been abandoned. Um, no one is is at any of these. Um, the only tavern that's in operation seems to be the old campaigner um, that is is lively at this time of night. Uh, you can hear music um, kind of on the wind. Also, the architecture out here is much more of the uh, gold dust from WWF <laughs> style stuff that, Ryan, you described in terms of like bright gold, lots of black. Um, I kind of imagine um, sort of like a metallic horns kind of or like painted bone horns on the on the corners of all the buildings just to make them look a little bit more badass. Reginald, still for you, this is wildly underdressed. Like it's it's a hail imitation, the Walmart of uh, Walmart brand of what is this? A horrifying city for children. <laughs> um, whereas for the rest of you, this is this is a bleak. This is like bleak, scary architecture. Yeah. Um, so the tavern is lively. Um, you also though notice a lot of uh, of oddities uh, in this area. There are a number of easels set up with canvases on them, uh, many of which have kind of are, are rain soaked and have been been abandoned. Um, but uh, there's like they're in rows, almost like you would put up. It, it's almost in a military uh, fashion. So like very sorry, very, what was that? Um, rows of these uh, easels with easels. with okay. um, things on them. Um, there seems to be, um, a, a podium of some sort that's been set up, uh, with a number of chairs, some of which have been knocked over. Um, and you can see, um, sort of discarded, uh, bottles and, and things just kind of, uh, around, but generally yeah. it's, it, it almost looks like a festival happened. This isn't what happened, but it looks like a festival happened and then no one cleaned up after it. Um, which is odd. All this seems kind of out of place. And then the Coliseum is in the distance. The Coliseum similarly is uh, – the construction is actually similar to the wall um, around the quarantine zone in that it is a wooden structure that has been erected. Uh, if we're thinking in gladiator terms, it's like the pits he fights in outside of Rome that are mm. a lot more uh, sort of that. And again, similar military architecture – or sorry, not architecture, but a similar military utilitarian approach to building it that you saw in the mines – the Coliseum was clearly built by Akka soldiers for Akka soldiers. It, it's right. not a, a, it has become a permanent structure. It was not intended to be. Um, and it is clearly not like an official, like Typhus and Emily didn't order <laughs> a, col a dope Coliseum built. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's the same way that like Roman forts could last a long time if they didn't disassemble them. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's honestly, that's, that's a good way to think of it. This thing could be a fort if it was somewhere else. It's just... They've you know left the top open and uh, have built repurposed. Yeah, um, there are you know patrols and things moving, but it is uh, it is night. Um, and at first glance, it is odd that there aren't proper patrols. Like um, I I've been thinking of a car in its kind of height as what you see in like military drills from like North Korea or Russia or China, where they're like really showing off. Like this is the discipline was just constantly units marching, mostly thinking of establishing shots of Russia and like old movies, which is yeah. like, there's always a unit of guys marching. Yep. Um, but there isn't any of that right now. It is oddly, um, there are some smaller patrols. Um, I think for Juniper and Quinny, this still feels like a heavily patrolled place, certainly more so than, It'd be like Waterdeep on high alert level patrols, right. but for Reginald and Reginald is a separate case. But for Butthole, it's like this is very lapse uh, compared to what you would expect. Hmm. We're able to just walk around. 
Yeah, that's it. And because it's dark, there are enough groups walking around that yours doesn't stand out like a sore thumb. If you were confronted by people, it absolutely would. But you can think of it as like, you know, crowds at night or in winter when everyone's like bundled up in coats and stuff. It's just that sort of vibe. So let's hope no one wants to pick a fight, basically. Yeah, or talk to you, but those odds are slim. Uh, Is there anything you want to do in just kind of this, uh, you know, you've just walked out into this space. Is there anything you would want to look at or explore here before we move on to the tavern? I think Reginald is just keeping an eye on the environment because he wants to know how much of the layout of this version of a car matches the layout of his. Where he's like, the buildings may look different, Mm. but like, does he know the streets? Like, Mm. how much is the overlay there? Yeah. Can you roll me a history check? Absolutely, I can. (laughs) Uh, Because he's Reginald, he also gets some bonuses to that. Bionis. Um... (laughs) Oh, he only gets advantage. So interesting question, Tom, in terms of Mm -hmm. this. He gets advantage on history checks to recall information about dark objects or dark places he is present in. Yeah. His grim psychometry. Cool. I'd buy that. Okay. That is a 25. All right. Let's get fucked up on some history. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So the location of the Black Castle is the same. Um, some of the buildings are the same. And I'd say like the buildings surrounding that, like that are more of the, the kind of like seat of power are definitely in the places you'd expect. That said, the rest of the city is a bit different. Um, and I would say compared to yours, it's underdeveloped, um, to go, to keep rolling with my, my Sparta metaphor, um, the Spartans spent so little time in Sparta that it was, a much like uh, architecturally a much smaller place, which is why like there is no you can't go visit the ruins of Sparta because they're just gone. Um, that's kind of the vibe you get from this Aka, which is everything is is sound and built to last. However, it's compared to yours, which feels much more grand. And I would say, um, weirdly, my brain's going to Star Wars, but I think that's the wrong pull. Just like yours feels a bit more like the Empire built it where it's just gaudy and there's like statues everywhere and it's very much like more reinforced and built up. Whereas here it still feels a little bit lightweight. He's from an Akka that was winning. He's from like they I, had the investment in terms of like they built up the structure more. And you didn't pursue the uh, Avatar project uh, to build a god, which happened here. Hmm. Um, so Probably again, just a, a bit of money. Yeah, to dig into history that uh, won't probably come up, but that I know, and you should probably know as well. Well, I mean, he, yeah, he pictures history. He's yeah, there. the mm-hmm. inter, the, and we've talked about this a bit um, in our 2099 arc. Juniper got a bit of this, or sorry, um, Alan got a bit of this. But um, the intervention of Emily into this ecosystem really fucked things up and set this Aka on a drastically different path. In your Aka, Reginald, the Unseen Hand was like the machinations of your Archibald to kind of spread influence across Faerun until he was absorbed by the Black Spider's Horde. And it was very much like a, you know, oh, okay, I can be your, your one of your, like, right hands. Fan, fucking fantastic. Sign me up rather than standing in the way of, like, the overall thing. So it teamed up with a much larger force. It has, uh, similar to uh, ancient Persia, all the influences from all of those different nations helped build a ka up in different ways. Um 
like uh, the Persian army had, you know, like elephant cavalry, which was not something that, you know, fucking the Greeks were like, cool, what's that? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it kills you because they could pull from all of the different realms. It's the same thing in the Roman army. So your, your cob was much more that. It was honestly a little bit more metropolitan. Um, <laughs> Such a funny way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, there was all the, the, the violence and murder, but also, uh, yeah, it was winning. It was victorious. It was part of an army. Hmm. It was reinforced through the spoils of war. Whereas this Aka sunk a bunch of time into trying to summon a god in a variety of different ways. Uh, your Aka also didn't have to deal with the planteers. So this Aka also had to go to war. Like, it had to go to war with the Horde, but that was like half the world is at war. Like, the two halves of the world are at war. Here, it's like, Two factions within a world full of factions went to war. So this just feels like a little smaller, quaint, quaint cop. I'd say to your question of geography, um, the major landmark of like the forge is in the same place. The, the castle is in the same place. And I think the close – basically when you're in – if we want to think of that as like the center of the nation, if you're there, you kind of know your way around. The buildings are kind of the buildings because – those buildings were the buildings before the cult settled here and turned it into a nation state. So he'd like know nothing about the area around the Colosseum because that's been built in this recent couple of years. So kind of like the non-historical spaces. Corpse pile, total question mark. That didn't exist in his For time. sure. But uh, like hospital barracks, okay, he'd know those. He'd know the forge and he'd know the, like, the yep. market in the central castle, but not the Colosseum, not the portal, not the corpse pile. Yeah, the Colosseum is where the training grounds were for you. And yeah. honestly, for Butthole as well. Um, and actually, the only issue with the barracks and the hospital is it's shocking to you that there are so few. Because in Yorka, there were a hell of a lot more barracks because there was a hell of a lot more soldiers. Okay, so that, that checks out where I'm like, okay, I know when he'd know kind of where yep. he is. And there yep. are plenty of times when he also And won. you can also check in with me as we go. And I'll tell you whether or not I think he, he would have a sense of that based on the... <laughs> The two separate historical timelines for the made-up nation I plunked into the D&D universe uh, occurred. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, great. Um, so, yes, that's what you get. Yep, yeah, great. Uh, I don't even think any of that shit he needs to pass along. That's just for his own context. Cool. If it becomes pertinent to the rest of the group, he I'm um, just to say, like, if it ever becomes pertinent to any plans anybody has, he 100% would if it mattered. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's like, information you have access to, but it's not a It's not like he's got to tell everybody, yeah. like, this is different than mine because this. Like, no, he's busy not dying. He's <laughs> a shitty grimdark tour <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Butthole, I think, is just taking it in as he goes. Uh, he, they, he would, and probably Reginald would, I don't know if anybody else would, but try to see if he could spot any of the symbols of the free bird anywhere mm. to get an idea of how prevalent they are along the way. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead and roll me a, uh, I was going to say perception, but your butthole farge. So give me an insight. Okay. <laughs> He's praying while he does it. Yeah. Well, I also imagine for you, it, it's more like, I'm going to spin around and look somewhere. And I, if Moonhammer wills it, I'll see a thing. And then you, you're completely correct. <laughs> but you do it enough that statistically you would have to see something. So here we go. 26. God damn. And you do. You know, she works in mysterious ways. Um, Technically, he's kind of praying to himself. This is all very confusing yeah. now that he's also the deity. The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have Indicloud back as a sponsor. As Indicloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product Dank Sickles. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's got a great name, and I've never seen anything like this before. A summertime popsicle with 20 milligrams of cannabis. These bad boys come in wild cherry and blue race flavors, and you can mix and match with a pack of five or go with your flavor of choice. Danksicles are strong enough to share, but mellow enough to take to your next beach day or vacation. And unlike your sketchy neighborhood shop or dealer, IndiCloud gives you savings on every single order. It could be through their gold rewards program, their subscribe and save deals, or our special promo code just for Dumb Dumbs and Dragons listeners. So please, right now, get 30% off your purchase. Head to indicloud.co slash dumdums to get 30% off your first order. And tell them that Dumb Dumbs and Dragons sent you. That's I-N-D-A-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O, not com, C-O, slash dumdums, D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S, to get 30% off your first order. And let us know how the dank sickles are. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. No, no, your eyes don't deceive you. You are indeed in the presence of the beautiful, glorious Cormium plant here of Dum Dums and Dragons. And yes, it is good to spend time with true greatness, is it not? Not like those Dum Dums and their heartwarming and hilarious adventures. No, better to spend time with someone like me, who is vain and self-absorbed. Of course, if you wanted to sink to their level, you could go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and help support their adventures for as little as a dollar a month, which would gain you infinite access to our fans-only Discord, where you can talk to other fans about all the adventures the dum-dums are going on. You can add characters to our world. You can even create your own at the $25 level and get your name in the credits. But you don't want to do that. Wouldn't you rather stay here and listen to me talk about me? So, but what you observe is in looking specifically for iconography of, of the rebellion, um, you do see a few marks of it, um, not as many as you would hope. Like it's not spray painted on every 
on everything like a, a video game overdoing its like I was say they're not the fireflies in the last of us <laughs> uh, look you know what i've been watching um, <laughs> so uh, they're like the fireflies in the tv show not the game in the game it's like you throw a rocket in any direction you hit like 80 firefly mm. logos um so yeah you see um you see a few here and there um you also see some stuff that kind of uh is kind of weird for you um there are uh not an insignificant amount of murals of like Archibald and Reginald in like inspirational, like memoriam murals that have been painted, you know, like often, you know, when celebrities or athletes or, or mm -hmm. actors or whatever die. So like there are some of those and they're all like unnecessarily like Archibald looking, you know, looking to the future kind of shit. Um, yeah, with a facial expression. A little bit of our glorious life. leader kind of vibe. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like deification pieces going on. It's just weird because it, yeah. it really is like beloved hero died, and it's like t uh, like a fucking drug addicted egomaniac monster and like a megalomaniacal goo infused cult man. But everyone's yeah. like, oh, they're so fucking good. He though. blew me up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of that around. Um, you can also see, um, weirdly, a lot of um, – there's been a lot of postering <laughs> around. Um, you see a, a number of, of like, weather-worn and, and kind of yellowed and some more recent um, – basically, like, posters for services, you know, for sparring partners, for uh, general labor. Um, and the one that uh, you see the most is uh, a, a sign for – the, uh, it says, need something chopped cheap? Call Gorgrax Lumberjacks. Uh, and there's a, a picture of like um, a, a couple of uh, soldiers with axes uh, over their uh, shoulders giving a thumbs up. And the prices have been crossed out and repainted hmm. several times, drastically lowering uh, <laughs> further and further down. But um, Gorgrax seems to have done a lot of postering. And then, of course, you do see the, the sigils just kind of, like, etched onto things. Are the sigils ever etched onto the Gorkrax things? So these are two separate things to spot. They're two separate things to spot. You do see some sigils on them, but it's not like... You don't get the sense that uh, Gorkrax lumberjacks are, like, the, promoting the yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, there just there are a lot of a lot of their posters. As four people who looted a nation to get as much spending money as they could, and as a man with five thousand gold worth of adamantine in his tummy belt, butthole's not against mercenaries. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's worked with Greywater before. This all seems very nice. It also starts with a G and an R. It feels lucky. He feels like they've been spotted by you know himself slash Moonhammer. So. He's going to follow up about these mercenaries. What, it was Gorkraxes? Gorkrax Lumberjacks. Can you spell that for me? I Just sure can. It's G-O-R-K-R-A-X. Gorkrax Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. Spelt like Lumberjacks. That part makes more oh, sense. Oh, not with an X? Uh, no, sadly. All right. That's still cool. <laughs> it's not a hip 90s product. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry. I should say the mighty Gorkrax Lumberjacks. Ah. Uh, the mighty is hard to read. They picked a bad font, but it's there. Well, I'm I'm glad I added that. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, what the fuck am I even doing here? <laughs> you know, uh, I I have a, a very specific job to do, and I I failed to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to announce my resignation from professional baseball in shame. No one should use. I'm sorry. I've let down the children who looked up to me. Um, Bundle right. and Reginald are good. Great. Queenie and Juniper. I'd like to see what's going on with these easels that are all over the place. Easels with canvases on them. You said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of them have been discarded, but there's, there's, and they don't all have canvases, but there are a lot 
can buy. Uh, there are multiple uh, canvases that are still there. Um, yeah, so you can go up and take a look. Uh, roll me a, uh, let's go with investigation on this one, please. 11, uh, 17. 17. So, Quinny, in looking at these uh, canvi, uh, <laughs> you see... Um, I believe the term is canvas. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Canva so sorry. On that note, if you want to sponsor us, Canva, um, <laughs> we will make ads with you. Um, but uh, get at me, Canva Twitter. Um, you see a number of images um, that have been uh, painted in a variety of different... Uh, um, skill levels um different effects but it, it seems to be the same image uh it's like a uh it seems to be like a, a like a happy little tree uh and like a, a nice like green rolling field and then like a city burning in the background with a victorious army raising banners um and some of them are are okay some of them are very very bad a couple of them have clearly been broken over a knee in frustration um and you can see kind of a number of uh of of Brushes and and palettes and other things uh, kicking around. Um, these these easels with these canvases and these paintings on them—they're all of the same general image. Mm-hmm. Are they um, are they gathered into one spot, or is it just kind of like as long as you walk kind of down this uh, uh, road or whatever, mm-hmm. this street is just canvas? Canvas. Oh yeah, yeah, no. So this is um, they're they're in like a cube, like think rows in a cube. Um, so okay, um, yeah, they're not lining the street. No, um, okay. they're all very much like there's rows of of these easels. People took advantage of a Groupon. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, and in terms of the canvases that remain, a Groupon being an eldritch beast of some kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a term for a, a witch who's giving a discount. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The good news is, though, that it's an eldritch beast with a very, very strict and usually fairly short expiry date. So mm. you don't need to worry too much about them. It's not a Baba Yaga situation this time. No, um, but they, they do tend to keep re-offering them. It's one of those ways that, you know, like a witch isn't doing well. Is yeah. That they start really pushing out the Groupons. Yeah. And yeah. if you can get a gnome pond, whoo, there's some sales. <laughs> It's got to make sure that it's in your city, though. I've I've made the mistake of buying gnome ponds in the wrong place, and like that doesn't do anyone any good. It's a smaller deal than you'll think, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you get gold back. Um, So um, you can see that, again, like there's not one canvas per easel, but there are certainly a number of them. Okay. Um, It's also worth noting they don't seem to be displayed so much as just left. Weird culture, man. Weird, weird people. Like, like, I, I feel. I have mixed feelings about this being what we want this city to return to, but I guess I, it's a good place to start. I mean, t- to be clear, it wasn't like this back when I was there, and we want to change shit. What we're using is the power of nostalgia. A lot of people really want to go back to a golden age, but then when you talk to them, you realize that all the stuff they're talking about actually didn't happen in that age, and they're really just we're fantasizing just about, about something yeah. that wasn't Being there. Being kids and having less responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And okay. they're talking yeah. about, like, back in, you know when people say back in my day, and then they say something that isn't true. Right, yeah. And then they kind of forget all of the systemic problems that are occurring when they say that. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to say back in my day, and then us actually make a country that does the things that they want it to. So we're going to ignore the systemic problems, and then we're going to twist their ideas around and make them remember the good old days in the way that we actually need the country to run now. 
When you say it like that, it sounds easy. They want to go back to doing righteous war against the Planteers? Great. The world actually needs that, because once we solve this zombie thing, I think Captain Planteer's going to be a really big fucking problem. Honestly, I keep looking over my shoulder, because that dude can show up anywhere. I know. I hate it. So that's what I'm saying. That's where we're going to get the focus back. All right. And then we can make things good for all the people of Akka. And as long as they like the idea of, like, order, and then we twist that into justice... Then they only engage in wars to behalf of justice and to, like, try to help people. I mean, kind of just, you know, we're steering them one step at a time towards a good direction. Uh, the weird paint night in war town is not something that used to happen a lot. Uh, <laughs> there used to be people. Okay. There used to not be a corpse pile. I figured the corpse pile was new. Yeah, yeah. The Coliseum's new, but we can keep that if we keep to non-murder events. Uh, then there's like a lot of other stuff we got to deal with. I'm not crazy about the big black castle with the flaming moat. Ye oh, flaming moat. Yeah, we can't get in until we can turn off all of the magical flames, which have to be turned off from inside the castle. Isn't that fun? How, uh, how far across is this flaming moat? I'm not going to say you can't make it while you jump, but I'm, I'm going to say... I'm not talking about jumping, baby, and I do a little... Warlock flourish of magic. <laughs> well, how far can you jump? I can jump pretty far. Well, uh, how, how far can you hand wiggle? I'd have to a bit bring up Dimension Door. <laughs> uh, Five hundred feet, I think. It's safe to say the ethereal flame moat is not just a. If someone tries to like, <laughs> fucking jump over this with a to stick, it. yeah, um, it is. It is a uh, an ethereal shield around the Black Castle. Um, so. Let's say uh, a better warlocks than Quinny Brown Bear would have died attempting exactly what you're you're proposing. All right. I mean, well, point of order: there are no better warlocks than Quinny Brown Bear, but no, but there are a lot of better, taken. There are a lot of better wizards, and the planteers haven't got in there. So that's yeah, okay, fair enough. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you're a good. You're a good warlock. Don't get me wrong. I know. Yeah, I'm not. You, uh, I'm not getting you wrong. So you've still got one more good thing to do. Which it turns out, it, as long as we're here, heroic means murder. So this will be easy. No, no, that's by a cost standards, but you're not from a cod. You have to do the right thing. You're you from know a cod. You're the one who gave me this th assignment. The butt hammer gave you that assignment. Who was also from a cod because it's you. No, that's a god. That's separate. It's Don't talk about the butt hammer like he's not here. He's you. I'm talking to him. Yeah, but he's also the spirit of me. What is the spirit of you? That's a big question. <laughs> and you need to look into your heart to figure that out. That's a big question. I can't bullshit an answer right now, so let's leave it. I'm not saying any bullshit. Everything is true. <laughs> I need a drink. Here's the thing. Do you want to pray right now? Because you nope, got a chance. No, I want a drink. But let's. But you could. The old get, campaigners right here. But you could die today. Don't you want to go with a clear conscience? I'm good. You say that. But I don't think you're good because you're getting defensive. You know, you're asking me if I want to pray. I feel like I don't have a, an op <laughs> a choice. So let's. <laughs> what is this rapport that you and I need to have? Great. You need to confess your sins just in case you die so that you can go to butt heaven. Sins in the eyes of you, the butt hammer. I mean, in the eyes of me and in the eyes of you. I feel fine. In the eyes of you, there well, you I guess I don't. Uh... Oh, gosh, I just don't fart hard enough. <laughs> Yep, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> there we go. One. Conscious cleared. I think we can also say blasphemy against your own god, me. I'm, I mean, I can confess that now. I can also give you a quick sort of future confession. It's going to happen again. Well, maybe <laughs> you should work on that. You know, I'm trying to turn you into a good cleric here, and I don't know why this is so I hard know thing. you're trying. Last time you, uh, you, I actually want to clear this up with you. Were you implying 
that um, if I don't become a cleric of the butthammer, my daughter will die? What? Okay, first of all, everybody dies, but that feels like it's a little pedantic for this discussion. I I felt vaguely threatened and didn't really like it. What I said was, if I'm not here, yeah, because there may be a point where I ascend, there may be a point where this body dies, and there will only be the god of the butthammer, I won't be around to revivify or resurrect your daughter if something happens. Yep. If you became a cleric. I'm okay with the logic of that. Yeah. If I'm around, I'll do it. It's like my niece, man. This is a fucked up conversation. I, 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 she's my daughter. I felt fucked up by it. I know. All I was saying was if you became a cleric and I wasn't around, you could save her on your own. You don't need me around to do it. Okay. Well, you know, maybe maybe we work to build a world where I don't have to become a cleric to bring her back to life. She just lives a full, happy life. Huh? How about that? I mean, that implies that you're going to stop making powerful people angry. Or we just kill all the planteers and uh, the typhus and all, you know, just get rid of the powerful people. I mean, that's a given, but there's going to be more powerful people. All I'm saying is, it feels like you not being a cleric might be a little selfish. (laughs) Juniper, as someone who is actively tracking the moon manments and what justice means in this new world... Butthole's playing kind of fast and loose with what you've been tracking. How are, how are you feeling about this conversation? I mean, it's all a little bit strange, Juniper. Just because, like, it just really seems that... Juniper will say this out loud, actually. Mm. Quinny, it kind of seems like maybe you don't want to follow the teachings of the butt hammer. Not, not especially. You know, he's my friend. I... I, I like him as a friend, but, you know, I'm not really in the market for a, a new god. Or any god. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, butthole, I mean, literally one of the moon manments is to pursue your own happiness, but make sure it doesn't impinge on the happiness of others. And I'd, I mean, I, Quinny is doing like full on like... I don't... Uh, roast battle, like rap battle, like, oh, shit! <laughs> just looking over at butthole now. I, I just... This all seems to be upsetting both of you. And I, I'm just not quite sure what you're trying to to get at, out of out of pushing pushing this so hard. Well, I don't think Quinny is very happy, and I think if he was left to pursue his own happiness, he'd probably do a lot of thieving and then probably make some bad choices. So I'm trying to help him. Find a more meaningful happiness. Qu- Quinny, are, are, are you trying to look for more ways to be happy? I mean, I had... Different paths to follow? Well, you know, we were talking about Ginny, and yeah, Ginny's definitely a, a new factor, and, and, you know, maybe... This is weird to talk about out here in the streets of a cob, uh, you know. We're kind uh, of just, in it now, though. Okay, but, you know, so. I mean, to be clear, I usually just let them argue for like two minutes and then they leave it for later. That might have been a good decision, but, I mean, go for it, Sheriff. Uh, you know, building a life with or for my daughter feels, in theory, because I haven't really done much of it yet, but feels like that might be a nice thing uh 
Yeah. Can you do uh, that thing where you learned the rules of the god uh, and use them against him? Because that was, can you do that again? I didn't bother to learn any of them because I don't want anything to do with this, but that was incredible. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to, to be a dick about anything. You're, um, you're doing great. N- no, I, I don't. I, but I don't mean that. I'm just... Uh, butthole, it seems like even if Quinny wants something, he doesn't really seem receptive to the type of help that you're offering. Okay. Well, then... At okay, the same, you help at, at the same at the same time, Quinny. I mean, Butthole's doing his best and trying to offer solutions in the ways that he knows how to keep your loved ones safe, and he obviously cares a great deal. So, you know, even if it's maybe not the best way to go about things, I think hopefully we can agree that his heart's in the right place. Y- yeah, I guess his heart's always in you know, a good place. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think if he was bad or evil, butthole. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You're just annoying. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. He thinks everyone's annoying. Yes, that's yeah. true. I do. This is annoying to, to do right now. Yeah, I was going to say, you want to watch what it's like to be on the other side of a conversation with Quinny? Keep going about two more statements because he's pretty much done. I, he is pretty much done. Yeah. I am pretty much done. <laughs> And with that, <laughs> you all awkwardly like, was like, "I would like to leave." Intensely uh, make your way into uh, the, the the bright light and warmth uh, of the tavern. So the sights and sounds of the tavern kind of hit you like a wave. You've just been kind of outside in the in in the cold, having this like. Very deep and complicated conversation. The weirdest conversation. And it's 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 an odd it's an odd uh, vibe shift to kind of immediately step into uh, into a tavern. Um, <laughs> the old campaigner is a uh, it's a little bit like uh, Uncle Mo's old family feed bag in The Simpsons, in that there's just a bunch of wacky <laughs> shit on the walls, top to bottom. Um, and looking around at a quick glance, you can see that it's all old armor and weapons and helmets and chest plates and everything else that is clearly dead people's shit. Like there are cleaves through it. It is like no one survived anything that any of these things got hit with. <laughs> um, but it's all seemingly hung with with honor. Um, and and uh, there's, there's a bit of a riotous vibe to it, uh, a bit of a like – it's the first expression of an emotion you've really seen in this in this city. Um, but hold, did you ever come to the old campaigner when you were uh, back in your Bobbert days? Maybe once or twice. I don't think he would have spent a lot of time. I, he was pretty closely watched. Mm-hmm. And the idea that like his breakout was a surprise and his escape, which makes me think that he was not somebody that was constantly escaping or they would have kept a better eye on him. Because he's real important, especially if they invested like nationwide science shit on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think this you, you probably then like know of this place. I don't think you would have been in necessarily. Um, and you're actually a bit struck by how similar to Greywater this feels um, in terms of that kind of comrades in arms piece. And I think that's something of a cod that you never really got uh, because you were never out with people. You were like the failed heir to the throne and kept very much like I I think they were treating you less like a, a valuable asset because they failed to summon the god into you and more like 
oh, okay, well, this is this is our expensive mistake that we kind of like need to contend with now. Um, and uh, and so it's it's an odd, it feels odd for a cop, but in a way that is less out of character than what you've seen outside. Um, for Reginald, um, again, I think it's quaint. Uh, but it would feel the equivalent of, of if you're a local and you went into like the tourist trap restaurant, like this, the, this feels like performative a to you um, in terms of mm-hmm. like, why are we celebrating the people who died? That means they're bad warriors. What the fuck? Like, I think in your hell world, these would all be like the heads of demons and dragons and like conquered nations, not like, here's my broken shield. Um, Quinny, this, uh, this feels a little bit more familiar to you, at least. This is, you know, like a tavern's a tavern. Um, the flip side is, though, whereas this does feel boisterous for, say, butthole, for you, this feels very stiff upper lip. Like, we are here to celebrate. We Like, there, there is, you know, drinking and music, but there's not a sense of joy to this space. And Juniper, you, I think, clocked this, too, as someone who, like, frequents mm-hmm. taverns. Um, there is a... Uh, uh, and I'm only really pu- having no experience in this myself. I'm only really pulling on uh, TV shows for this. But like, you know, like in The Wire when they go to any of like the dock workers bars and like no one there is having a great time. <laughs> okay. It's like, a place where people, sad people to get yeah. drunk. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they are boisterous <laughs> and there's, there's, you know, there's fights and there's songs. And like there is there's a sense of like, yes, we this is fun. We are having fun. But there isn't any of the like there there is no joy to it. It's It's very much like if this is the only fun you can have then I guess this is fun, and so I guess this is what we're doing. But there's definitely a a bleak vibe uh, to the fun that's being had here. It feels very muted, I guess. So you all have a vaguely different experience of walking into this space, um, but all of you are struck by how full it is. It's the first kind of space you've walked into that isn't um, uh, kind of oddly uh, empty. Hmm. Um, and because it's people who are off duty, um, there is a mix of, um, some people are in armor, um, but others are just in kind of their street clothes. So you don't, you, you blend in better than you would probably in any other building in this, this space, uh, because you could be conceivably anyone. Also, a car is large enough that a variety of kind of like casual outfits and everything else. Like, it's not like you walk in, there's six people and they're like, wait a minute, you're not any of the people we know, it's it's a nation state. So that it's large, it's an army, people are constantly being shipped out to war and back. Um, you you have some degree of anonymity as long as Reginald and Butthole stay relatively disguised. Um, the bar itself, in terms of the, the geography of it, uh, there is a large central bar uh, in the middle that is kind of one of those like cubes you see at super busy, trendy restaurants. Hmm. Uh, there are bar stools at that um, that uh, that a variety of people are at. There also uh, this is a, a bar that's big into booths. It has a lot of of um, kind of as you see in old taverns, like booths with walls for a bit of privacy. Uh, given that it's a nation of like war and secrets, the idea of having space to to confide is is. Respected. Uh, also, it seems like they needed more places to put dead people stuff. So <laughs> there are there are plenty of those. Um, there is a, a roaring fire uh, to uh, to the north um, in a massive uh, iron um, sort of like spiky iron clad uh, fireplace. Um, the uh, the bartenders are uh, clearly warriors who took a, an arrow to the knee. Um, they are 
They bear all of the looks of of like toughened warrior types, um, but are doing that hilarious thing where it's like watching, I don't know, like the rock pour a drink, like a martini glass. <laughs> it's just, it's it's an unnecessary amount of muscle to shake drinks and, and everything else. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a band uh, playing, but they're only playing on military instruments. So it's a lot of drums. Uh, and a couple of like war horns um, playing a, oh a mournful, a mournful tune. Does anyone have a conversation in here? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're not like banging drums loudly. Okay. It's just uh, it, it's it's uh, deep, deep kind of bass drums um, that you could you could march to. Um, cool. Ryan, what is uh, what is the the war song called? It doesn't need to be a real song. It's just like what is the, the name of the war tune that's being played? Ah, oh, just victory forever. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's the jaunty, casual remix of Victory Forever, which still sounds like, uh, you know, the Uruk-hai moving on hmm. uh, or like, uh, I, um, yeah, Isengard moving on anything. It's just like big, heavy drums, but this is clearly their equivalent of a casual song. Um, there are, um, Quinny, you immediately clock this. There are four people trying to learn a dance uh, to this uh, near the fireplace. Um, as as uh, another warrior kind of leads them, they are all bad at it, including the the instructor uh, who keeps <laughs> yelling, "No, no, no! Left, right, left, right! Jump! Not jump right, left, right!" Um, and there's muttering. No one seems to be having a good time. All right. Uh, I think just from the doorway, Quinny is going to look to see if there's any kind of marking of the uh, the hawk. You see no mark of the freebird. The freebird, thank you. Uh, At least none that are that are visible. But given that this is the only functioning tavern currently, the other two seem to be shuttered. Uh, it would make sense. You do also, I will say, uh, on that note, you do see a couple of like on-duty um, Aka soldiers, kind of like positioned at the door. One kind of at the the back that leads into the kitchens and everything else. This does very much seem like an establishment bar. Okay. Quinny says, uh, well, you know what? We might as well get a drink, get a booth maybe, and see if we can make some some moves in here, you know? I've got one idea. Probably get those guards over there pissed at us, but maybe everyone else will be cool about it. What do you think if uh, we all uh, loudly give a toast to uh, Gary the Aarakocra? I, I mean, I don't think Reginald and I can draw any attention in here, especially from the guards, or there's going to be a problem. So right, also, right. we need a place to stay, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps here. Uh, I Like, we can fuck off if you want to just see what happens. Like, that's always good to learn. I wanted to just gauge, you know, the sub general support for those ideals that we're trying to nourish in people. I'm sure, just let's... worried. I mean, there's a bunch of soldiers here. I think even if people were supportive, they probably wouldn't show it. Or maybe they would. Listen, this is a fine test. All I'm saying is Reginald and I will go over in the corner, so we're not part of the group who's raising the toast. Juniper, I you guess, can even I be guess away. if oh, I guess if people get mad, we can just be like, "Yeah, he's dead." Cheers to that. No, no, we're not going to do that to Gary. All I'm saying is we need a fallback plan in case we, you know, people well, look like they're going to. Fallback plan is we kick some ass, right? Listen, I don't want to impinge on his happiness, Juniper, so why don't you sort this out? Uh, Butthole, come on. You know, that's... 
What? Why? Okay, come over here for a second, Juniper. Okay. And he's just going to walk you like a foot away. And he's like, here's the deal. You got me on a technicality on the Moon Manments. The only way he's ever become a good person is if I badger him into doing it. Now, I can't. It's up to you to save his soul. You no. did this. I'm saying we can badger him into being a good person, but like, just because it's good to be a good person. You guys are a foot away from me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're pretty close. Okay, all right. But I'm like, here's the, here's the deal. <laughs> I can't badger him at all because you caught me on a technicality. So I can't save his soul. So you just took over responsibility for saving Quinny's soul. I I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think he was ever like really... You're the lawyer on my God rules. So what do I do? You just go, you go on the way you've always gone on. But that's what I did before, and then you got me on the things, now I can't. No, no, just don't be like the only way to live a good life is to follow the moon manments. Wait, so then no one should follow the moon manments? No, I'm saying that the moon manments can help a lot of people. But when someone is repeatedly saying they don't want to do something, you can't just shove faith down people's throats. Okay. So then I'm but not... But following gonna... a faith to the letter isn't the only way to be a good person. And I think Quinny knows that. Okay, so atheism is right. And you can help him be a good person then. Because you don't need gods. Apparently gods are just a big old stinky waste. I'm just saying you don't need gods to be a good person. A lot of people find value in following the tenets of a god. Okay. That brings a lot of comfort to a lot of people, and there's value in that. Quinny didn't find the tenets of a god useful, and he wasn't a good person. Now I'm going to be a god. I have that power. It's been given to me. Quinny's begun to follow the moral tenets that I have presented. But not because they're coming from a god. Because he respects you as a friend. I mean, please, ask him if he respects me. Let's see how that plays out. We've all seen the evidence on that. Well, if he doesn't respect you at all, then why is he still with you? Because... Why have you been together for so long? You can't... Because I spent so much time making him spend time with me. He's here because I badger him. Do you think he's here only because you badger... Because you're forcing him to be... Do you, he has free will. He could leave if he wanted to. He could have stayed with Ginny in the safety of the fortress. I mean. We're all starving there. It's a really bad plan. He's a lot of things, but I'm not going to say stupid. I'm just saying, you know, like he was with you for a long time before you knew about all of this going down with the car and, you know, all the things with the collide happening he stayed with you through all of that, didn't he? I mean, yeah, kind of, but then he died and he went to hell and then he came back. He was also robbing us for a good chunk of the time we were with him. Yeah, but I mean, that's just kind of what he does. <clears throat> okay, now I got to point out as the king that you're the law. <laughs> <laughs> Your job is to uphold the law. I know, but I'm not talking to you as the chief justice. I'm talking about you and your friend. I don't even know why we're talking anymore. Do, here's, I, I'm so lost. You walked me in a circle, which for the record is impressive. But like, so what are we doing? And she's saying you can still believe in Quinny and believe that he can be a good person and encourage him to do the right things without telling him the only way to do right things is to follow the tenets of the butt hammer. So my tenets... Did I say that? 
No, but it's, you know, you're trying to tell him to be a cleric and, you know, the only way to keep people safe is to be a cleric. And no, he's I just... said the only way to bring them back from the dead was to be a cleric or a high level wizard. But honestly, he doesn't have that in him. Yeah, he's not willing to read that many books. But that's the thing is like, <laughs> he doesn't want to follow that path. And I don't think you can force him. And I think the more you force him, the more he's going to resist the other good things you're trying to get him to do as well. What's your history with religion, Juniper? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hip. <laughs> this episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-M-B. And tune in next week for more Dom Doms and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I am. <laughs> Lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f who is there? Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.